Welcome to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast, where we are advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. We pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will encourage, equip, and empower you to also advance the kingdom of God. Here's this week's message. New series title is called Covenant. If you, if you didn't know, it's called Covenant. And I shared this definition on New Year's Eve. It is a unilateral and God-initiated. It's unilateral and God-initiated because it's unconditional. That's what the covenant is, this covenant that we have for God. There are so many covenants in the Bible. We're not going through all the covenant, Mosaic, Noahic, Noahic covenant, the Davidic, David covenant, the Davidic or whatever, covenant, covenant, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's what y'all say. Yeah, we're not going through all the different covenants, amen, but but we're going to talk about, but this is the covenant God made with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, amen. This is the covenant God made with Abraham. It was unilateral and God initiated because it's unconditional, because God cut this covenant with himself. You understand? He didn't need nobody else when he did this covenant. He knew that he was going to do it himself. Let's go in the word Genesis chapter 12. Let's go. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1 says this. It says, now the Lord has said to Abram, he said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And then I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wealth and prosperity are part of our covenant with God. Wealth and riches are part of the covenant with God. Wealth and riches should be in our house because of the covenant with God. Just because of God's covenant... Wealth and riches should be in our heart, in our house, because it's a part of the covenant God made with Abraham. Can you see that? Amen. So let's go to Galatians then, chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. God cut this covenant with Abraham, amen, because of what he wanted to do, not just in Abraham's life, but in each of our lives. And as Tiffany shared even on earlier, you know, when you get to a place where you've you've praised and you've read, amen, and you believe God, and you begin to set things, and you begin to sacrifice for God, then God will, will come on the scene, or what will happen is things that you believe God for will come out of the heavens. Because God's will um, is, God's will is that each, each and every one of us prosper, according to 3 John and 2, each one of us prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. So everything God has for us is in the unseen arena. And when you believe God and put your faith out there, the unseen opens up and then brings what you believe God for in the scene. As you stand in faith and as you, as you continue to believe God. So again, let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Verse 6 says this. I'm going to read 6 through 9 and then we're going to jump to 13 and 14. Abraham serves as an example. He believed God and that faith was regarded as the basis of Abraham's approval by God. Just because he believed God, God approved him. When you trust God and believe God, God gets involved in your life. Amen? Verse 7 says, you must understand that people who have faith are Abraham's descendant. He's like the, the father of faith, in a sense, Abraham, because he trusted God. 
Verse 8 says, Scripture saw ahead of time that God would give his approval to non-Jewish people who have faith. So Scripture announced the good news to Abraham ahead of time when it said, through you, all the people, all the nations of the world will be blessed. We just read that in Genesis. Verse 9 says, so people who believe are blessed together with Abraham, the man of faith. When our belief and our faith separates us from those that don't believe. So when we believe and trust God, there are things that God has already done, but it takes our faith, amen, for it to manifest. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? It takes our faith to manifest. Verse 13, let's go to 13, says Christ paid the price to free us from the curse. Christ paid the price to free us from the curse, meaning God, Christ has delivered us from death, hell, and the grave. The covenant that we have with God, amen, the covenant that we have with God does not include poverty, sickness, disease, amen. It doesn't include those things. He's, he's crushed those things. He's, those things are placed under our feet. Amen. You and I, we should be walking in the blessing, amen, because of the covenant God had with Abraham. Are you following me this morning? Verse 13 again, Christ paid the price to free us from the curse, from the curse that the laws and Moses teaching, the Mosaic laws, teaches bring by becoming cursed instead of us. Scripture says everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. Let me get a little bit more volume. I might be a little loud, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pushing a little bit more out than I want to push. Thank you. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's good. Christ paid the price. Verse 7, 14. Christ paid the price that the blessing promised to Abraham will come to all the people of the world through who? Jesus Christ. So, and I read this to you in Galatians 3.29. We're not going to go all the way down to 3.29, but in Christ. We're blessed because we're in Christ. We have a covenant with Abraham. Christ connects us to the Abrahamic covenant. Christ connects us to what God spoke to Abraham years and years ago. He paid the price so that the blessed Blessing promised to Abraham will come to all the people of the world through Jesus Christ. Like he already told us, I will bless you. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all the nations of the world will be blessed. I want to encourage you to read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 through 14 talks about the blessing. All the blessing that will come on you because of this covenant. No, no need to read past 14 because it speaks of all the curses, amen. And the scripture says when we connect with Jesus, amen, we're, we're not under the curse any longer. We're under the blessing. So it says, let me say this again, verse 14, Christ paid the price so the blessed Blessing promised to Abraham will come to all the people of the world through Jesus Christ and also in addition to the blessing that we're going to receive, we would, we would receive the promised spirit through faith. We're also going to get the Holy Ghost. They talk, you know what I'm saying? We're also going to get the Holy Ghost. We get the Holy Ghost. Praise God. 
Do you understand that God's word is more powerful than the laws of nature that govern our universe? God's word is more powerful. I, I read this. I wrote something down uh, in my notes. When faith-filled words impregnate, the atmosphere cannot resist words that are spoken in faith. It must produce. This is a spiritual law. So the, the laws of God supersede the laws of nature. God's word is more powerful than the laws of nature. What you talking about, Pastor? We understand the law of gravity, right? The law of gravity says what goes up must come down. Is that correct? Let me use an ex uh, airplane for an example. This will be a good example, and it also encourages some people who may maybe who who are afraid of flying. I want to settle you. I can settle you down with this this morning. There's a law called the law of gravity that every time an airplane goes up in the air, that law is waiting to say. Listen, you may not know I'm here, but what comes up, I must bring it down. So this law of gravity is in place that even when planes come up, its job is to bring those planes out of the air. But there's a greater law. These there are greater laws that exist that supersede the law of gravity. There are the law of lift, the law of weight, the law of drag, and the law of thrust. These four laws are in place to assist the plane to supersede the law of gravity. So even though the law of gravity is saying, I'm bringing you down, these other four laws said, no, we're here to keep it up. And it only comes down when the pallet brings it down. It, you understand how you hear me this morning? So those planes cannot come out of the air. Because it's operating under a law unless it's shot down or there's some technical, you understand, there's some other stuff happening. But according to the laws that exist, these laws supersede the law of gravity. The word of God supersedes all natural laws. Jesus told Peter, go to, to the fish and get a coin out the fish's mouth. Jesus turned water to wine. There are supernatural things that we can do by speaking the word of God and being engulfed in the word of God that we can have the things that we say. Why? Because we're operating in different principles, different laws, and these laws supersede natural laws. I hope you got that this morning. Praise God. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. We're going to see Abraham operate in this. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 says, Therefore, therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on what? Anybody else reading? We got the scripture on the screen. Everybody there? Let's do this again. Therefore, inheriting the promise depends entirely on what? Faith. Faith. Just like inheriting the promise. If you're going to inherit what God has promised, it's going to depend on faith. Your faith, not just a word called faith. Your faith. That is, it's a confident trust in the unseen God. In order that it may be given as an act of grace. Which is his unmerited, unmerited favor and mercy. So that the promise will be legally guaranteed to all the descendants of Abraham. 
I mean, there are things written in heaven. It's legally, there, we have a right. Remember we shared with you in Take Dominion? You have a right. You have rights in the earth from headquarters, from heaven, and we need to learn how to operate in these rights, these privileges, amen. We need to know, amen, the Constitution, the laws of heaven. We need to know how God operates. Eat this book so we know how to operate legally in the spirit realm. Are you listening to me? Praise God. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I, I am enjoying this this morning. Amen. <laughs> Listen, look, so, so, so it's an act of grace. It's unmerited favor. So the promise will be legally guaranteed to all the descendants of Abraham. Say, that's me. That's right. Not only for those Jewish believers, not just the Jewish brothers, amen, who keep the law, but also for those Gentile believers. That's us who share the faith of Abraham, who is the spiritual father of us all. Verse 17 says, as it is written, as it is written in the scripture, I have made you a father of many nations in the sight of him in whom he believed, that is, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. What God has for you and I is waiting in the spirit realm, is waiting for you to receive it, is waiting for you to believe it, to receive it, so that you can make the transfer of what God has already given you from what he has from his hands to your hands. When you're believing God for something, amen, it's like you don't always see it at the beginning. Right? You don't see it at the beginning. I'm believing God for a child. Amen. And or for or or, or I'm or I'm believing God for a jacket or something and Say I lay it away or say it's, it's hidden. Well, with a child, it's hidden nine months, you know, but then things start showing up. You start, you start seeing some proof. So when you first believe God, you may not see it in the natural, but you must be crystal clear, amen, that you received it so that the transfer can take place. Verse 18 says, in hope, listen, in hope and against hope. He is in hope even though it looked hopeless. He is in hope even though it looked hopeless. Come on, this year, saints, do not allow any hopeless-looking situation move you. Don't, don't allow any dire situations, unforeseen things you hadn't planned. Do not allow any of these things to back you down from your faith. You stand on what you believe the Lord has spoken to you. You stand on that word. You stand and put your, and hold on to your faith. In hope against hope. In hope against hope. Uh, in, in hope against hope, Abraham believed that he would become a father of many nations as he had promised by God. What has God promised you? What has God spoken to you? What do you believe in God for in this year? What have you heard the Lord say to you? I want to encourage you this morning, hold on to your belief. Hold on to your faith. Hold on to the thing that you believe in God for. Wow. 
so numberless shall your descendants be. This is this what God told Abraham. Verse 19 says, without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead for producing children. He was a hundred years old at this point. Abraham was 75 years old when he left his father's house. 75. A little over 11, 11 years later, around when he was about 85, 86 years old, he heard the promise that God said, but he got out of faith, him and his wife, and they created an Ishmael. Or they created something that was not part of the promise. You know, you don't have to turn there, but you can write that. Galatians 4 and 23 tells us that he said, the scripture says, this child is, is from the bondwoman. This child is not the child that I promise you, Abraham. So it's possible that if we get out of faith, that we can create things or bring things to us that God had ordained. And that's why our prayers must always stay in faith. Because I want what I'm believing God for. Because once I line my will up with God, then the Bible says that he's going to give me the desires of my heart because my heart lines up with what he says. And so I'm not going to be moving or tossed to and fro when I'm believing God for something. Abraham and his wife at some point got out of faith. And what God did was God allowed them to wait another 15 years till he was about 100 years old now. God said, now it's impossible for you to do it. See, you got out, you, you thought you could do something 15 years ago on your own and you stepped out of faith. You, you stopped trusting me and then you, you did it on your own. But what you brought to you is an Ishmael. You brought something to you that wasn't part of the promise. Let me just side note real quick. Because of what he did, God had to speak a blessing even over Ishmael. Ishmael also was prophesied that he would be a son of, tw that he would have 12 nations. Some say that Muhammad comes out of the tribe, come out of the, out of the Ishmael genealogy. The, the, the Muslim religion, the Arabs, and all of that comes out of what he did with Ishmael. Now they're brothers fighting today because of a mistake. Because you couldn't wait on the Lord. Oh, I can say, I can't, can't even say that here, though. Yeah, that's a covenant, that's a covenant keepers type thing. Amen. Man. So, so, so he had to wait. He waited. 15 years, 15 more years till he couldn't do it on his own and he needed God's assistance. Because God, when you believe in God for something, it's you in faith. Remember I told you, and I'm going to say it again at the end before I close because I got some stuff that I already know that God's downloading. Amen. But God's ability is at our disposal. And so here's Abraham, a hundred years old now, trying to get in faith and stay in faith. Verse 19 again, 
without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now good as dead. If the son of promise coming, it's going to come now. I told you on New Year's Eve that, that he got the motor running, didn't he? That boy had, Abraham had six more kids. He had six sons total. Five more boys after this son. But Isaac was the son of promise. So without becoming weak in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead for producing children since he was about a hundred years old. And he considered the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered it. Meaning, because we're going to consider things. We're believing God for some. We're going to ponder or think about, you know, okay, I'm believing God for this. You know, it's not that we can't see our circumstance. It's not that we can't see our checkbook, our bank account. We it's not that we can't see the situations that we're in. We can see them because we have eyes. But that doesn't mean we have to respond to them. So he considered the deadness of, his, of Sarah's womb. But verse 20 says, but he did not doubt or waver in unbelief. You can see it and still stand in faith. You can see stuff happening all around you, but you still stand in faith. You still can trust God even though things unforeseen is happening. Things that you didn't plan, things that you had nothing to do with. You can still stand in faith right in the middle of it, right in the midst of it, in the midst of it, you can still trust God. He considered, but he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God. And God speaks a promise, saints. Doubt and, doubt and unbelief are always close by. Trying to infringe on what the Lord has said to you. It's almost like they're waiting. And when, you, when, when they see you accept something or hear your faith declarations, they try to get right in the midst of your declaration and bring doubt and unbelief. Who you think you are? You're not getting that. You're not going there. You see your account. You see your marriage. You see your children. You see this job. You see this. Yeah, there ain't nothing happening. You see this sickness on you. How dare you try to believe God? No, you just do what they tell you. <laughs> Doubt and unbelief are always close by trying to dissuade you from what the word of God is saying. But Abraham didn't doubt or waver at a hundred. Can I say a hundred? <laughs> He was a hundred, man. He was a hundred, y'all. I mean, she had to have on the, she just, they was, they, they had on the best lotion. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That, that, that time can buy, you understand? <laughs> they had to spice it up. She, was, she, she walked up that joint like, hey, what's up, hey? This going to be the night. Where are those who are, who are not going to doubt God this year? Where are those that we're not going to doubt or waver from the promises of God this year? We're in a brand new year. I will not doubt or waver from what God is saying. Because situation and circumstance is going to always come. 
They're already up ahead. I promise you, they're up ahead. They're around corners. You got to be determined that I will not be moved. I'm not going to be moved this year. I'm not going to be moved this year. I will not be moved this year. I may have wavered or doubted last year, but I ain't doubting this year. I ain't wa- I'm not wavering this year. I'm not wavering this year. No more doubt. No more unbelief. No more wavering. Yeah, the scripture says, but he grew and he grew strong and empowered by faith. This is how he grew. He had the word of God planned. He was reading books. He was listening to CDs. He was reading the word of God. He was in prayer trusting God. He was making declarations. Man, we're not putting these papers on crystal table just for they look all cute. I be looking out there in the morning. That's good. They do a good job putting everything together and designing it and Turn this side, that side, cards all nice and one, two, you know, just a little, you know, we, we just designed the table. I don't know who the artist is that be designing it, but the, in the morning they design it, in the evening it should be all tore up. Cards should be flipped over, paper should be on this side. Why? Because it should be some activity on that table. Grabbing confessions and reading plans and cards and who I'm going to give this to this week and how in the world we go back out there and everything still look cute like we started it this morning? You're not touching the reading plans. You're not getting your fasting instructions. You're not getting cards to reach out to other people. You can touch that table. There's nothing on there that says you can't touch it. Like, do not touch this. You can touch the table. Come on, put your fingerprints on it. Touch it. We're not going to sweep it. (laughs) Get these prints off this table. (laughs) You're good. You're safe here. (laughs) Yeah, come on, man. Listen, listen. He, He was empowered by faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, being fully convinced that God had the power, that God had the power, that God had the power. Are you fully convinced that God got the power? Are you fully convinced that God has the power? The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Do you realize God, God, almighty God lives on the inside of you, the God of heaven and the God of earth, the omniscient God, the omnipresent God, the all-powerful God is living on the inside of you? I am fully convinced. <laughs> I'm going to reference back to Tiffany. After she's seen what the Lord was doing, she's fully convinced. Faith is trusting God, fully convinced that God is going to do what he had promised. This is a year I'm not backing down off my faith. I'm not backing down. I'm believing God for. I'm not backing down. I'm not pulling back. I'm not shrinking back. 
No, I'm making it even large. Lord, enlarge my territories. Not shrinking back. No, I'm enlarging my territories. Thought I wanted one, now I want two. Doggone it. Take that, devil. I believe God for some crazy stuff just to make the demons mad. Boy, I'm telling you. Because once I believe God and put my faith out there, it's done. It's done. Like the building, it's already done. It's already built. It's already up. We're already looking at how we're going to go to two services already. We're already looking at new plans for the next phase of design. Pastor, we didn't build the building. Oh, I built it already. I don't, I don't know about y'all. It's already built. I'm walking through the building already. I'm already in the building praising God. I've already been in my office. Already, I've already walked around. I've already seen that when we get in, we have to go to two services because it's already too small. So God is going to enlarge it. But he needs a man with a vision. Do you got a vision for your home? Do you got a vision for your family? Do you got a vision for your finances? Do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have a vision for your children? Do you have a vision? God needs a man with a vision. A vision. A vision. Can you see where others can't see until they see it? Can you stay focused even while others not seeing it until they see it? You're not going to change what I see. Abraham walking around, they calling him Abraham. Hold on, your name ain't Abraham, your name Abram. Why your, why, she, why your wife calling you Abraham and you calling her Sarah? Her name is Sarai. They begin to speak the promise. Calling him a father of men and nations. Whoa, whoa, what was that you call him? I, I, I said what I said. It's Abraham. No, his name is Abraham. No, that's what you say. I say it's Abraham. Why? Because we're believing God for something. And I'm going to say what the scripture says. I'm going to say what God told me to say. Want me to shrink back and all. Oh, well, well, y'all don't have no children. Yeah, that's what you say. You had that made. Okay, that's fine. But listen, I'm still believing God. I'm the father of many nations. Where you get that from? God told me. Fully convinced. Are you fully convinced, saints, that God has the power to do what he's promised? Has anyone ever promised you something and they didn't do it? Of course they have. But that's not the God we serve. God don't make promises that he can't keep. God will never make a promise to you that he is not going to fulfill. He is a promise keeper. He is a way maker. Glory to God. He is a light in the darkness. Come on now. This is the God we serve. That's not God's testimony. Say he's a man. He is not a man that he would lie. Or the son of man where he needs to repent. If he's not said it and spoken, he can also bring it to pass. He will make that bad boy good. God said, if I said it to you, it's already done. I'm not telling you stuff I can't do. I'm telling you what I've already done. I'm trying to get you to believe. Trying to get you in faith, trying to get you to stay in trust, trying to get you out of unbelief and doubt, trying to get you to stay in faith and hold on in spite of what's happening around you. 
He keeps his covenant, saints. Verse 22 says, therefore, his faith was credited to him as righteousness, meaning right standing with God. Verse 23 says, not, now not for his sake alone was it written. It wasn't just written for him. It wasn't just accredited to him. Verse 24 says, but what? But for our sake also. This was written for us also. Pastor, you don't know my situation. Nope, but I know God. Case closed. You don't know what I'm going through. You're right, but I know God. What do it matter when you have a God who created everything and he said all of the promises are yes and amen? What you need, what you want, you can have it. Yes, 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 amen. Yes, 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 amen. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yes, yes, and amen. Because it's in his will. It's in his word. Yes, yes, and amen. That's what I got for you. Before you came, it's already yes. Amen, baby. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, now, not for his sake alone was it written, but it was credited to him. But verse 24 again, but for our sake also to whom righteousness will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. I just want to get you to believe. Boy, if I can get you to believe that. I can get you to believe that there's a power on the inside of you, the same power that, that grabbed, that went and got Jesus out the dead, out, out of death, and brought him back to life. This is the power that's on the inside of you. It's living on the inside of you. We're not struggling this year in no area. Come on. Come on. This is, this is the year to, to believe God for things he's shared with us. It's not just what we're saying in the kingdom of God because we have a, we have a vision here at Kingdom Life, but you got to have a vision for your own home, your own family, your own life. What is your vision? We do a personal growth plan every year, a PGP plan personally. What I'm going to do this year? What, how am I going to grow this year? How, spiritually, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially. What are you going to do, pastor, personally? What are you going to do to advance your life this year, pastor? And then what are we going to do in the house as a, as a family? What are some things we want to do in the house? What do we want to accomplish this year in the household? And then what do we want to do as a church? What are we doing in this church? What, are, what is God saying about this ministry? That's why we can see down the road. So while, while people are in January, we're already out of this year. We're already looking at the, the fall of this year. It's not just going to happen. Well, if God's going to do it, he just, no, 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 no. God said, no, you're not going to play me like that. Because what I've done, I've already done. No, no. What, what you need to be saying is, I need to work on how I believe and how I trust God. Because there's a transfer that God wants to get to you 
out of heaven to earth. But it's not just for you. I read to y'all Deuteronomy 8.18 already. We talked about that. We did that on, um, on our, what was it, on Coffee and Conversations a couple weeks ago. But 2024 would be the best year of your life because of how you see God. Because of how you see God. Because of how you see him. Because if you see him right, you can receive from him right. Sometimes we just don't see them right and we don't believe the way we're supposed to believe and we don't trust the way we're supposed to trust. And especially in the kingdom of God, where, you know, we, ju we just, we, we, we say things not really understanding that it's not in faith. But then we wonder why God hadn't shown up or why God hadn't done a specific thing because you hadn't prayed a specific prayer. God, I want you to bless me. With what? what? What is it that you want me to bless you with? Oh, no, this is whatever you got. Okay, great. That'll sit up there forever. Let's see how that work out. God responds to faith. God responds to specific prayers. People ask you, hey, Pastor, you pray for me about what? Well, you know, just a, what would they say? You know, just an unspoken prayer request. Okay, well, it's unspoken. That means I'm not using none of my faith. I'm just praying a general, hope you show up, God. Oh, yeah. 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 How else? You can't pray in faith unless you know what you're praying for. How are you going to put your faith out there for something you don't know what it is? I'm going to teach that in this series. We're going to teach that. We're going to walk through the word in this series to show you how to get in faith and stay in faith and how to believe God for things because stuff is just waiting and it's hung up. Not because of God, because of you. Yeah. We've sown much in 23 and we are in expectation to receive our harvest this year. <laughs> this is not a bad thing, but you know how, how, how you ever work for a job and they owed you back pay? You understand? So it's like it's built up money that they really owed you. Some of us going to get in faith and, and, and because we have a built up harvest waiting. We have money that we didn't receive. We have blessed things that we didn't receive because we didn't know how to receive it, but it just built up. But when, when, when you, when after this series and you get in faith and start believing, it's just going to release you. You'll be like, oh my God, what, what the world? No, because it's just been building up over the years because you didn't know how to get it out of heaven into your hand. You didn't know how to get it from God and get it to you. But it's just building up. It's building up over the years. <laughs> Woo! Philippians 1 and 6, Amplified Version says this. This is the foundation of scripture for this, for this series, actually. It says, I'm convinced and confident. Are you convinced and confident? This is God. This is God sharing. This, of course, is Paul talking to the Philippian church, but he's speaking as an oracle of God. I am convinced and confident of this very thing. 
I have a confidence in me, and I'm so convinced that he, he who, God, who has begun a good work in you, a good work. Listen, God doesn't start bad works. He started a good work in you whenever he started it. Whenever you was minding your own business like I was, doing my own thing like I was. I told you on New Year's Eve how he tapped me on the shoulder. Whenever God tapped you, whenever God said, you know what, enough is enough. Let you exist in this world and go in the wrong direction long enough. I'm calling you into the kingdom now. And God will begin to nudge you and God will begin to pry you and God will begin to poke you. And you'll get tired of the things you were doing. Because he's trying to get you into the kingdom. I'm convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work, a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, which is the time of his return. God never, God always finishes what he starts. He started a work in you whenever he called you out of the world into the kingdom. Now, he's going to complete that work because he finished what he started. Our part is to stay in the game. Our part is to keep our ear to, to heaven and see what heaven is saying to us. Our part is to stay in his presence. It's to stay on point. That's our part. God is going to do his part, but we have to do our part. God never starts anything that he hasn't already completed. That's what I wanted to say. God never starts anything that he hasn't already completed. He begins with the end in mind. He already saw me preaching the gospel when I was in sin. He already saw you living for the Lord and, and, and life being transformed. You know, Tiffany, it's your day since you were smoking. When you were smoking, God already saw you not smoking no more. See, God already went to the end of that thing. Your deliverance is already here. It's already waiting on you. What you believe in God for is already there. But you cannot get around the principles of God just like you can't get around the law of gravity because it's laws. There are legal things that, that govern the word, that govern this constitution. And we have to eat this word so that we can understand how to use this word to work for us. You ever been around people? I, must, I just use myself. I ain't going there. You understand? I, I, I used to deal with the, 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 the justice system and all that kind of stuff, you know, when I was a criminal. You know, but guess what? You can pay lawyers to represent you that can use the law to protect you even if you're guilty. If they find a loophole or find something in the law, in the Constitution of the United States, they find something in the law that can protect you, then they will use that to protect you legally. Legally. You're a business owner. There are laws that, 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 that will protect you to, to, to add certain money, like having assets. What do you call it, that word, honey? 
itemize. That's all, that's fine. Item, you can itemize in because you have a home, but also because you have a business, you can put things into that business. Cell phone use, car travel, you can put some legally to lower your taxes. Are y'all following me this morning? I'm talking about legally. In the kingdom of God, you can use the word of God, the constitution of heaven, legally. You can use this to bring heaven. I'm glad you heard that part right there. Amen. You can do that. You can do that. Because it's already done. It's already finished. God is not starting anything. Everything he's going to do is already complete. But I need to know the system. I need to know the law. I need to know the scripture. I need to know how to get what God has for me, for me. Crying and wishing and hoping, not going to get it. It's not going to get it. Isaiah 46 and 10, I'm going to close it out right here. Isaiah 46 and 10 says, in the beginning, I told you what would happen in the end. In the beginning, I told you what would happen in the end. God told us in the beginning what would happen at the end. In the beginning, he already told us what's going to happen in the end. We, we already know what's going to happen in the end, even though I, I, I could be reading Revelations, a book that's, and not, things haven't even happened yet. All through the scripture, you know, it points to Christ. I can read this book and see how God has already wrote the, the end. The end is already in the beginning. In the beginning, I told you what, the, what would happen in the end. A long time ago, I told you things that have not happened yet. Did he tell you things that did not happen yet? It's in the word. When I plan something, it happens. I do whatever I want to do. Whoo, that's my God right there. Is that your God? That's your God? Because he's all powerful. There's no other God but him. Amen. There's nobody more powerful than him. He said, I do what I want to do. In closing, in closing, it's so hard to follow an inconsistent person. It's easier and better to follow people who are predictable. We serve a God who is predictable. He's not inconsistent because the instant inconsistency is hard to grasp. Because if you're so inconsistent, I can't, I can't really figure you out. Because you're not consistent. But we serve a consistent God. He's been consistent from the beginning. He's been consistent. He says, I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not changing. My word is here for you. We serve a consistent God. Consistency is the fruit of righteous vision. Consistency is the fruit of righteous vision. What we're going to see this year, and I got this from my dad, my spiritual dad, as I close out. What we're going to see this year, we're going to see lost people getting saved. This is what we're going to see in 2024. We're going to see lost people getting saved. Saved people being pastored. Saved people being pastored. Too many people walking around coming to church but don't have a pastor. We need to change that this year. We need to have a pastor this year. Why? Because there are many voices out here in society. If you're not careful, ooh, I'm a, ooh, oh, man, that's a whole other series I'm going to get in that, that, that I'm, I'm going to talk about with that. But, uh, but yeah, but, but you can mess around and follow the wrong voice to your demise. 
Save people being pastors. This is the year that you finally submit and surrender and say, I need me a pastor. I need a pastor. Why? Because you just need one? No, because Ephesians 4 and 11 say God gave fivefold ministry gifts to, to believers. Why? To equip them, to train them, to, to help them uh, get into what God has for them. See, pastors are going to say things you don't want to hear. And we're going to say things you want to hear. Amen? Yeah. So, so we're not going to be biased about, about what we're trying to do in your life. Pastors will always tell you the truth. Why? Because they're looking at your soul. We're not looking at no friendship. We're not looking at, you know, because we cool or we're looking at because you, you here and you nice and you smiling. No, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the word of God. We're going to share it with you in a way because we love you. That's what pastors do. That's what pastors do. That's what true pastors do. And so we want to see lost people get saved this year. Amen. If there's lost people in your family, you want to you see them get saved this year. We want to see saved people, once, once they get saved, saved people being pastored, meaning they surrender and submit up under leadership, being pastored. Pastor people being discipled, being discipled. I believe Tiffany has been discipled. Tiffany has been discipled. Tiffany don't have no type of title or anything like that, but, but I put Tiffany up here to preach the gospel, you understand, and teach what she's learned. Why? Because she's been discipled. She's been discipled under who? Under us. Did you hear her say she listened to our sermons all the time? She shared our stuff all the time. We don't even ask her to share it. It's amazing how we have to beg others to share stuff that, that are in, in leadership. Leadership, meaning you got a title or you have a position. But people that don't have titles or positions just automatically do it. We can't struggle with that. We shouldn't struggle with that. Nobody's going to, no, no. Nobody's going to remind a leader. Are you listening to me? Like, remind me to come to church. Wouldn't that be a problem to you? Pastor, you know church tomorrow. I know we got, oh, man, I was at home sleep, y'all. Dang. What the world? Is everybody there? Yeah, they're waiting on you. Oh, man. Before long, I don't have to be but inconsistent a few times for you to get the picture. I promise you. But yet, you're going to be inconsistent over and over and over and over again. How much grace should we extend before you are removed from the leadership position? And I'm not just talking about title leaders, talking about directors and other, other people. Because we need the right people in place to reflect on the people. We're going somewhere. And we got to have the right people. Jesus chose those disciples on purpose. He, had, he needed the right people. Yeah, he had Judas around him, but he knew where he was. Don't think we don't know where you're at. We know where you're at. It's just grace and more grace and more grace and more grace. Lost people getting saved. Saved people being pastored. Pastored people being discipled. And discipled people being mobilize. Meaning, once I'm found, I should be finding people. Once I'm found, I should be finding people. God gave me a vision. I'm going to say it publicly. Amen. Twelve years ago, God told me to, to before we even started Kingdom Life Church, God, God told me. I'm going to put it on God. I'm, I very rarely will be bold enough to, to just, I know what the Lord is telling me. That's why I, don't, I use that lightly. Twelve years ago, 
God told me to look at the churches in this area and look at their capacities. And I didn't understand what he was saying. Like, look, at, I think, did I tell you, did I give you that assignment? I said, go to this church, this church, that church. Look at their seating capacities. I didn't even know why, but I gave him the instruction. This go, I didn't know why I was telling him to do it. It was when we did the instruction that God told me later after that. He said, because, he said, just like I, and I'm like, God, why are we counting these chairs? Why are we, why, why are we finding out what's in these, these people's buildings? God said, I've called you to build a 6,000-seat sanctuary. Now, some of y'all have never heard that come on my mouth before because I hadn't mentioned it. But I'm not backing off of what God has said to me because that's talking about 6,000 souls. See, sometimes even as pastors, we can look at the natural, and you can look around, well, how are you going to do that? I don't care how it happened. It's not for me to figure out. What God is telling me is, I need you back in faith, son. Some of us have gotten out of faith because we let our circumstances talk to us. And even as a pastor, we can let our circumstances and what we see talk to us. And this is what he told me. I remember I was with my with Apostle Ray, and I was riding with him, and I'm sharing this with him. And I remember I got the revelation. We was in Lynchburg at a conference. And I didn't know why God said I'm like, God, I'm trying to get, like, God, you got to give me something. I'm trying because I'm going to share this with my pastor, but I, just, I need something. I need a word. You know, back in, back in the day, man, when you take something to the pastor, you need to come with a scripture. Like, you need a word on what you're saying. Where is the confirmation of what you're saying? We was in Lynchburg, man. I was just outside, and God said, and I just dropped in my spirit. I told Abraham to count them stars, didn't he? I said, what? He said, just like I told Abraham, count them stars, I told you count them chairs. This vision is bigger than us. Well, you're going to see so many things unfold this year. That's why we need everybody in place that's going to be in place. Because things are going to unfold so fast this year. Amos 9 and 13, we're going to have to run to catch up, catch up and keep up with what God is doing in this next season. And so I'm going to stay in faith because of what God wants to do. Because God wants to save more than our four. And no more. He wants to save this city. He wants to save this city. He wants to save the tri-cities. But it takes a man with a vision. It takes us to be bold. I'm saying this publicly because I don't want you to back up off your vision. It may be big. It may seem insurmountable. It may seem like, God, I've been waiting. And I've been waiting. And I don't see anything. But just like in the Bible, when the young man seen a small cloud, a small glimmer of hope, I want to be that glimmer of hope to you today. Don't back off of what, you, what God has told you. Don't back off your dreams. Don't back off what he spoke to you. Don't back off the things that you're believing him for. Believe greater. Believe more. Don't turn back. Don't back down. Press forward into all that God has for you. Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening today. If this message encouraged you, imagine what it could do for someone else. Here at KL, we believe in reaching the one, and you can partner with us in that endeavor by sharing this podcast with someone else. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, 
please email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more information, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Facebook at Kingdom Life Chesterfield VA and Instagram at Kingdom Life VA. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear more messages just like this. There's no life by Kingdom Life.